welcome to the weekly Watt for Friday, April 29th, 2022. I'm your host, Colin Jenkins, alongside the publisher of Connect the Watts, aka the boss man himself. Welcome, Seth Wintraub, to the show. How's everything going? I'm good. Thanks. Um, so I know you have a couple of you know devices, you know, connected fitness you know, stuff that you use at home. You use like the Peloton. I know you recently got a tonal. Um, is that primarily what you've been using? Those are the big things. Um, yeah. You know, obviously I have an Apple Watch uh, and I use that for outdoor bike rides. But uh, the Peloton's mm-hmm. kind of been the big thing. And that was kind of the, you know, the original idea behind the site. And I think uh, probably the the leader in the space right now. But recently I got uh, a tonal uh, mm-hmm. on the recommendation of a couple of uh, friends and neighbors. And it's really actually a very interesting uh, machine in a lot of ways. Uh, similar to Peloton, but in a lot of ways, much different. Um, obviously, the um, uh, you know the weight weight training mm-hmm. versus you know cardio training. Um, but you know, I'm all over the place. I uh, <laughs> s- since getting into it, I'm I'm all you know all about connected fitness, and and it's r- really exciting, especially watching your uh, YouTube videos. <laughs> and I know you mentioned maybe last year that you were thinking about going back uh, to the gym. Um, did you end yeah. up ever doing that or did you kind of mix between the two? You know, I did for a little while. I love weight training. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my son had a, uh, you know, takes tennis at the this gym nearby and it was less expensive to for me to join and him to take tennis there than it was for him to just take tennis and get the, you know, whatever. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever, I'll do it. I did for a month. It worked out okay, but I ended up uh, tweaking my back and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to keep this going. So, you know, I've stayed out of the gym uh, for better or worse. You know, there was some socialization aspects. I kind of missed about it. Um, There's a a lot more variety there. But, um, you know, the the time savings and the, you know, the, the comfortability of doing it in your own home and, you know, with the tonal, you actually get a lot of different surprisingly amount of different exercises you can do with that Mm -hmm. thing so um i think i'm i'm happier probably not going to the gym maybe when you know covid's over and really over and Mm -hmm. uh whatever i'll reevaluate but as of now i'm i'm pretty happy not going to the gym for sure i think the time saving thing is is the big thing at least for me because you know i have a gym that's it's a 10 minute drive away but even that so it's like a 20 minute travel like most days it's like it's not it almost doesn't just feel worth it to me um you know the difference is is i don't have a barbell here but i have dumbbells so i don't Mm -hmm. you know i can't do everything but it's even a 20 minute drive when you're when you're busy and you're trying to get things done you have a family or whatever it makes a big difference to just be able to like oh i can just do this for a quick 20 30 minutes and, and that's it yeah, so. I mean, I'll even have like, you know, a few minutes after lunch or, you know, before a meeting or, you know, 20 minutes in between meetings mm-hmm. and I'll go downstairs and just do some curls or whatever, just to like, you know, break up the day a little bit. And, you know, I don't get too sweaty, so I don't need to like change all my clothes afterwards. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's just a different it's a different world. It's like having a gym right there. And and it's it's quite nice. For sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the weekly Watt live show where each and every week we come together to nerd out in connected fitness, health, and fitness. 
If you like that, you can head over and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Connect the Watts, or watch the show live. And you can find our weekly Watt podcast on any major podcast platform like Apple and Spotify. Joining us later on the show will be the one and only legendary iFit instructor, John Peel, who will help talk to us a little bit about what de- what goes on into developing you know, iFit's award-winning training series. So really excited about that. And for now, let's talk about some news. We got five items on the news block this week. So we're one just literally happened five seconds before the show. So I don't really know too much about it. So we'll kind of figure this out together. Um, and that is this Peloton radio. Um, so I'm just going to read this so we can get a sense of what this is. Uh, Sonic Scenic workouts get a Sonic upgrade. When you embark on a scenic ride or run, you're diving into an experience, a moment from the mundane, a workout level up. Okay, let's just go into, okay, they're launching Peloton radio curated music to move you. Uh, these are assembled playlists that you can set up for scenic rides. It looks like so various music for the radio and it's going to be available for both distance and time based scenic rides and runs. Okay, cool. Do you ever do uh, scenic scenic stuff? You know, I, I never really got into the scenic stuff. I did get into the, uh, the gaming stuff. Um, but, uh, the scenic stuff just wasn't motivating to me. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I have my favorite uh, instructors and I like to go hard and the scenic stuff isn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't my thing. Um, my kids actually though, seem to like it. Oh, so, okay. and they're 10 and 13. They're not, they're not serious about, uh, Peloton, but mm-hmm. when they do want to jump on the bike, they do like to do the scenic rides. Yeah. I, I don't mess with the scenic stuff either. I just, for me, I don't see the point. Like I'd rather just watch a show. If I'm just going to go with no point, I'd rather just watch a show or right you know, or listen to something else. Um, so I, I never really used it. I know there were previous like complaints when they moved over to the new scenic system that they have when they changed it last year, mm-hmm. they set up playlists for each of the scenic rides. And so for people who were taking you know, scenic rides all the time, they were listening to the same music every single time, which I'm sure got annoying. Um, and that's where the complaints were. So I think that's probably what led to, uh, this Peloton radio. Um, so that's cool. You can kind of, I think it's the first time you can actually, you know, pick your own genre and stuff. Like, and you can do that with other uh, connected fitness platforms too. But, but previously Peloton's was very strict about like everything is curated, you know, for each moment. So it's an interesting um, thing now. And also on Peloton this week, yesterday they announced their mother's day, um, deals and mostly for the new Peloton guide. And initially there was this, uh, little snafu that they had, um, and they're still kind of a snafu. So if they're watching this, they'll probably figure it out. But so what happened was the Peloton guide is $295 or something like that. And there's a Peloton guide bundle, which includes the heart rate armband and, uh, workout mat. And so for the Mother's Day deal, the bundle went from like 450 to 295. So pretty much the same price as the guide itself. Um, But they also, for some reason, put a discount code automatically when you added it to your cart. So that bundle was lowered to 145 um, for all of those things, which, of course, everybody was trying to buy as quickly as possible (laughs) to Right. And I, I don't know if those actually went through or not. Um, 
I think it took him about 15 minutes to, to fix it. Um, did, did you ever get, did you ever try the Peloton guide? No, um, they, they were actually offering me a uh, trip to, well, you know, I, I would supply the trip, but they were mm-hmm. offering to show it to me in New York city. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's exciting. I thought I was going to go into the Peloton studio and them showing, but they're just talking yeah. about going to a store, Yeah, which is nice. But um, I don't know. I mean, with, with the tonal, I kind of have like that aspect of my workout sorted out. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been quite engaged in the uh in the connect as much how how do you feel about it i saw your review and it was pretty good yeah i mean i don't like it it's it's so actually here's here's the thing i i like it but i like it in the same way that i like the app on the fire stick uh there's no there's almost no difference between the two except right. some you there is very some really useful ui changes that they made that are really helpful um it's not the new content that they're making for it is really good. But my problem with it is that none of that has to do with the actual guide itself. Like they could have done that on the app. They could do a lot of that on the actual bike screen itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're choosing just to make these improvements just for those people who have the guide, but none of those improvements really have to do with a camera. And so that's where it's the camera part of it. Like, I don't really need to see myself. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure some people do and it's useful, but I, you could use a mirror and stuff. Um, right. So <clears throat> unless they have some sort of use of like at least minimal like rep tracking or weight, some, something to like help you. I just I just don't understand like when technology comes, it should be useful. Right. Um, and I don't understand the the use case for how it would help me get a better workout it is i can see it being motivated there's a little thing that fills up as you do movements uh that called the movement tracker and i i can understand how that could be motivating for people to you know, keep going where they might have quit earlier um but you know for me when i do the strength training i i for peloton classes often there are very little rest between movements mm-hmm. uh, and so i don't really like that as much so when i but I still like the Peloton classes. So what I normally do is I choose like the movement and I'll do a few reps and then I'll take that extra rest because I'm usually done earlier. Gotcha. Whereas the Peloton guide kind of says, Oh, you didn't actually complete your set. <laughs> right. So it's, it's not, it depends how you use it. Um, it would make it more motivating or not. But, um, but so they fixed it, but the secret trick here, and I'm not sure if I still have this up here. I don't think I do. The If you go to the Peloton website, if you add it now, that bundle, which includes all the stuff, they've raised that to $450 so that if, when the discount's applied, it's $295. So if you add that to your cart and then you add just the Peloton guide by itself to the cart, it'll double apply that discount is what I found. Hmm. So you'll essentially get the two Peloton guides plus the bundle for like um it'd be 295 plus 150 so about 450 dollars um so if you want yeah if you want to get two guides that's the best way to do it or if you want you know if you have a friend that wants one or family member um i'm sure that's a bug but um it's kind of a weird bug that i don't know if they know about yet so yeah um, and i guess theoretically you could return one of them or return yeah, know. that's. <laughs> I mean, that's, if you're trying to save that much money, you know, 150 bucks, whatever. That's, yeah, it's a lot of work to to for that if you if you really want to. But, um, 
but yeah, it's just kind of um, interesting. And now, so there's a few other things that happened uh, this month or this week. Sorry. So Fitcher, have you seen this new uh, fitness mirror? I ha- I have, but it was uh, mostly because uh, your guest last week. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Fitcher is a new or the newest fitness mirror on the market. It's a direct competitor with the mirror. Um, less so much with like tonal because there's not like weights necessarily involved. Right. Um, it's more of just like a standalone thing. And the difference between this one and like the regular mirror is with uh, like it has motion tracking, rep counting, uh, form feedback, stuff like that. And um, I think you know, I've tested it out. I've done like 13 mini classes and the classes are, are pretty, most of them are pretty short, like five, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that the rep counting on this thing is like really good. Uh, like I, most rep counting kind of devices, they're like 90, 80% accurate. I found like if you do something weird, it'll still count. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's by, by far the most accurate that I found. And what I do kind of like about it is that, you know, when we talk about like connected fitness and, and gamifying fitness, I think there's two kind of realms where people or the companies go to either like, um, like really good entertainment or, or gamification. Right. And I haven't seen really a case where both of those have been combined well together where it's, you know, it's something, it's a good instructor that's entertaining, but also having gamified elements to that. Um, and this is a good start to that. And I think they do a lot of the gamification really well in a way that I haven't seen. Like, like for example, if you know, I play a lot of video games, so I'm a big nerd and, uh, you know, a good game when you do a movement or if you do something well, like when you have the right sound to it, it just feels like really good. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so with rep counting, I've never seen that where there's like a good, like kind of sound that gives you that that feeling that like, you actually completed that rep well. And, and this one has that type of thing where it's like, it makes you kind of like really want to get each rep. And I, it's hard to explain because it sounds stupid being a sound, uh, but that's interesting. But you it's know, definitely tonal when you hit mm-hmm. the, like if you're doing a 12 rep set, when you hit the 10th rep, cause you're not always looking at the screen. Sometimes you're on the bench looking down or you're facing away from the screen yep. on the 10th rep. You get like this, ting or it's it's hard to explain mm-hmm. and then on the 11th rep you get another one and then on the uh last rep you get like a, a you know like a you're, you're completed type of another one mm-hmm. so it it's nice because you you hear that and you know you're getting toward the end if you're not counting yeah um but i, I wouldn't i wouldn't describe it the same way as this because it's more like a you know a non-visual cue that you're finishing your set yeah, no, I mean, I think that's that's definitely important, too, because, yeah, when you can't see it, uh, you want to know, <laughs> like, when you're finishing and how close you are. Um, so, yeah, no, I haven't, the, the tonal, then, is probably the only other one that I've, that has that, because I mm-hmm. haven't had that sound uh, thing elsewhere. So, I don't know, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, this isn't, again, this is more, like, geared towards somebody who wants to do some you know, cardio, maybe some light weightlifting. Um, and, you know, I think mirror devices are kind of convenient just to have like for a subset of people just to, it doesn't take up any space. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. It, all you have to do is stand in front of the mirror, like wave at it and it turns on and 
it starts your next class. So it's, it's pretty, takes away a lot of friction, um, that, you know, is useful to getting people to work out. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about, uh, the tonal I love is that mm -hmm. it takes up zero space. I mean, there is a bench, um, that yeah. you can kind of put underneath it or to the, off to the side. And there are some like, you know, a bar that you have to put somewhere, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I mean, it take it's in our bedroom right now. Eventually yeah. we want to make a, a workout room, but right now it's in our bedroom and it takes up no space. Yep. And, and you know, that's an easy sale for my wife and, you know, even the Peloton, which is pretty compact, you mm -hmm. know, it takes up a whole corner. This thing is, it's not, you know, it's just a wall, wall art almost. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and it looks like this feature is very similar in, in space. Yeah. And I think, I think in terms of the next iteration of connected fitness, it's really going to be about making that tech invisible or as space efficient as possible. Because right now I think a lot of the devices are, are fairly big. Like the screens are big. Like it adds up. I mean, if you have a couple of devices, it's like a bunch of huge screens in your, in your room. Um, and it looks okay, but I think moving to, you know, as AR and VR get, um, much better and, you know, you've all you have to wear is glasses. I think those screens will probably disappear. I think things will get a little bit slimmer and smaller and, and more, you know, Try to make the technology less like just in your face and more seamless with your home. I think. It's yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like that. Uh, you know, those garage uh, uh, weight sets, like the, I think it's called PRX, uh, where it kind of folds up against your wall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know those are it's a space is a, obviously a consideration in the home gym department, and you know that's more mm -hmm. of an analog, uh, you know, product, but these things that kind of go up against the wall are, are nice, especially when you're thinking about getting more than one different product. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's a design to get a bike that just <laughs> fold out bike. In, it gets all flat and just slides into the wall. Yeah. Peloton <laughs> uh, should do some research there. Yep. So next couple of things is uh, about some wearable stuff. So uh, whoop 4.0 is finally back in stock and available. So uh, whoop came up with their new 4.0, armband. I think it came out last November or December, but the problem was that was when a lot of issues were happening with supplies. And I think, you know, the average delivery was like a two to three months wait for, for getting one of these. And it seems like they finally have kind of solved that issue. And now they're saying that, you know, they can, once you order it, they can pretty much be shipped out right away. Um, so you, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more advertising to push the whoop now that they actually have a, a supply. Right. Um, and I've been using the whoop, uh, quite a bit and I, uh, it's so far been my favorite device, but that's also because I, I have various devices and it's the only one I can wear with another one that doesn't look stupid. Cause if I have two like watches that have like a face to them, it looks really weird, <laughs> but I can kind I of know. get away by having two with a ones like a, without a screen that looks good but you know it's funny i i, I have the Ga apple and the google site 95 mac 95 google and i wanted to check both watches out you know the apple watch and the, mm -hmm. you know wear whatever and i would wear them on both arms and mm -hmm. i'd look like an idiot and whatever <laughs> but i was just trying to compare one against the other and yeah. you know i ended up with the apple watch um it was just like what do you do in that case when you have more than one device 
you do you start stacking them on one arm or <laughs> i don't know it's like it's super weird i i think yeah you just have to wear it at home yeah and then take it off when you when you go anywhere um also kind of similarly um like in the about wearables is the uh aura ring and they're bringing on a new ceo tom hale i believe he was previously with like survey monkey um or he was the yeah president of survey monkey but they're bringing them on because they were recently evaluated at i think 2.55 billion and they're heading to go um to launch their ipo this year so mm-hmm. they're looking at him to help them kind of make that transition um and go into there have you tested the aura ring out yet I mean, I've tried one on, you okay. know, just to feel the weight or whatever. I have I have friends and uh, neighbors and, and colleagues who love both uh, the Whoop and the and the Aura. Um, mostly, it's about um, sleep tracking. Like okay. that seems to be like the 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 killer app for both of those, um, or for you know for my co- friends and colleagues, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I've heard great things about both, but I haven't used them as a you know, user. So I'm, I'm really watching the space. I kind of wish Apple, uh, would come up with a better sleep tracking system. Cause you know, I'm already getting tracked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I just don't have, you know, I feel like aura could almost be a software component of Apple. Apple watch. Yeah. I mean, from what I understand, like, like the sleep tracking is, is not like the most complicated thing to do for a lot of these devices. And obviously mm-hmm. Apple is more than capable of, of tracking your sleep as well as any of them with their, or the watch. Um, I think there's definitely apps that do it, but yeah, I mean, there, there's, a, there are Apple watch apps that do it and Apple does do it to a very, mm-hmm. you know, on a very basic level, but you know, I want to get down deep and like, you know, what's going on and, and yeah. they're probably working on it. It's just, you know, things like the aura are, are ahead of the game. Yeah. I think one of the things they can't do well with Apple watch yet is the, uh, HRV tracking just mm-hmm. because they need to have more data per second to be able to have uh, that accurate. And so um, I'm sure that'll come, but uh, it's kind of, a, that's another kind of piece for recovery that um, these things have for, I, I'm not, I have never tried one yet. I'm curious about how it feels. Cause I know for me, when I work out, I take off my rings. Right. Um, Cause I don't want my finger. I don't, have you ever seen a picture of somebody lifting and get their, finger caught with their ring between like a barbell or a dumbbell. Like there's pictures where people oh, have, fingers have get like ripped off. <laughs> so I have a story. Uh, yeah. When I worked in advertising about 15 years ago, uh, this one designer was climbing up this pole to get like a, I don't even know what it was. It was like a, somebody threw a paper airplane up there or something. Yeah. So it, he climbed up this pipe and he was like, you know, threw the airplane down and then, you know, was about to jump down. He jumped down and just started screaming and apparently he caught his ring on the pipe and it just pulled off his skin. It was yeah. like, and it, you know, it basically just had a bone and some like tendons there. It was horrible, disgusting. But like now, I, you know, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a ring. I'm, I'm very happily <laughs> married, but uh, the ring is not on at any point. You know, if we go out to a, uh, mm-hmm. an event or something, I'll put it on, but that's, that ruined my, ruined my ring wearing forever <laughs> yeah i mean they have those rubber the rubber kind of workout type right. rings they're more active people i used to wear those uh i i now i just take it off when when i work out or do stuff like that but yeah i just i'm not 
even if my finger wasn't at risk of being torn off, uh, it's still not that comfortable to wear a ring when you work yeah. out usually. So yeah. I, I'm, but again, I know a lot of people who use this, so I'm curious to see maybe if it's, it's designed in a way that it doesn't feel like it interferes as much, but, um, well, putting it on briefly, I did get a chance to do that. And the person yeah. I was trying it, it had a similar size finger to mine. It didn't feel heavy. Like I felt like I could get used to it pretty, pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. it was a little bit more bulky than, you know, a typical ring. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't look bulky, but like it just like, you know, with my fingers next to it, it felt like there was something substantial there. Hmm. But I imagine, I mean, everybody I've talked to with it says they get used to it pretty quickly. So can't imagine yeah. it's that, that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I, like, I literally saw that picture of that, that like you're describing like that, that bone and uh, finger bone. And I think I saw that. 15 16 18 years ago and i still have it very like this like it doesn't go away like it's a yeah. permanent part of my brain now right. and uh, uh just i don't know but uh curious to try it out though um and i know the sleep tracking on it's supposed to be um, pretty good and accurate so that um is definitely worth checking out and uh, i don't think is there any other in terms of wearables it would be the first like wearable that I know of that's an IPO or that'd be launched publicly. That's not like, um, part of a bigger tech company. Right. So like was, was Fitbit public before they got sold to Google? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I should know that, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know if any, and, and all these companies are growing so crazily like, uh, whoop. I think Did did Pebble have an IPO way back in the day. Maybe that was one of them. They were kind of like the precursor to the Apple Watch. This is like very basic old stuff. It wasn't mm. wasn't super smart. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Um, but I don't know. Um, but no, it's definitely interesting. Whoop recently got about not, like not even it was like six months ago. I got evaluated for like four and a half billion dollars, wow. which is like you know a few years ago they were like um, like a hundred million. So uh, I mean the growth of the wearables is is just crazy how um many people are interested in starting tracking their health uh through them uh, more so than i would have ever thought because it's typically been mostly athletes that like use that data for helping their training schedules yeah and i feel the you know the average person just kind of like just needs to work out <laughs> right and, uh, they need something to like buzz them until like they actually work out for the day um like they're not even close to optimizing like their actual schedule they just need to like do something so it's it's curious. Whereas like, so maybe that's like another thing with like the Apple watch, it's more designed for maybe the average person who just needs to like stand up a few times a day and right. like move. So I'm, I'm curious about that design. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to get started um, in a second. Um, Seth, I know you got a lot of, you know, got a couple other podcasts today uh, with electric and, and all that. So uh, thanks again for jumping on in here with me. Um, it was great to have you. Awesome being here. Big fan. <laughs> All right. So I'll let, I'm going to let you go. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring on John Peel. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, one second. Um, so iFit's legendary instructor, John Peel, is going to be joining us. Alongside later, iFit's vice president of marketing and experiences, Matt Johnson, and they're going to be talking to us about how they develop some of their award-winning award training series with iFit. So 
John, uh, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Colin. Been looking forward to this. Yeah, man. Great to see you. How's uh how's the year been going for you? It's going good. I mean, obviously coming off of the, the pandemic and everything going on in those terms, slower but faster. It comes and goes mm-hmm. in waves. It's been crazy. Um and apologies for the informal. I'm in my in my gym right now. My mother in law, daughter, and three dogs are all in the house. So I'm like, there's no way this is getting done in there. So I gotta move <laughs> move into the gym. So it only makes perfect sense to be here. So no, but yeah, perfect. the year the year's been um, you know, as I think for everybody, just kind of a, a roller coaster of a little bit of everything. Travel, yeah, no and, travel, work. And it, it, I bet. Now no, if if people don't know, um, John, John has been with iFit for a long. How long have you been with iFit? Because you've been there for them for a long time, right? Yeah, I've been I've been working um, for iFit for almost twelve years. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and that's that's the funny part about it is that you know everyone kind of referenced me as like the OG, and I I I see that as the old guy <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Especially in the fitness industry, you know, there's always you know up and comers and. You just got to, mm-hmm. it keeps you on your toes. So it's, it's fun to represent for as long as I have and seeing the growth and the development of all the stuff we're probably about to talk about. So it's been, it's been a fun, fun ride. Definitely. So 12, when did you guys start doing like, have you got like these scenic rides, like where you're, you're, you know, obviously one of the big things I fit's known for is your uh, instructor led scenic content where you guys go out and visit these, you know, wild areas all across the world to to film your uh, workout programs and series uh, when did that start was that recent or was that so just i would say that i was living in california at the time i'm in arizona right now this is where we currently live but at the time living yeah. in uh, california and i'd still been working with ifit and they reached out with this concept and like we want to you know here's here's our vision we want to capture a trainer on camera like actually running mm-hmm. we're gonna be running behind with the cameraman I mean, we want to take that content, that footage and put it on a machine and then let the users at home follow along with that trainer. So it makes it look like they're with their trainer, a friend, wherever it may be in these incredible locations. You know, yep. and this is before this concept ever even existed. So it was like, this sounds crazy, but meet me in Malibu. I got a place. We'll go to uh, Point <laughs> Doom. And so a camera crew met me out there. There was three of us, um, an audio person, a cameraman, myself. And we started on the beach started running started going up hills inland a little bit um mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of breaks because at the time not sure if cameras could even make this happen yeah. um and then i would say this ha- this was about seven seven years ago and we finished one 30 minute workout next thing we know it's you know it's out on the platform and it's getting tested and it was a hit and so from there it was like well, let's make our way to every single continent in the world, try to cover every country we can. And, you know, lo and behold, we're, we're here today with thousands of different workouts in the library around the world. No, it's, it's definitely, you know, incredible to see how much, uh, variety there is in terms of that type of, of content. And, you know, I think people who may not have, uh, used iFit before yet, um, may not like realize just, so like when you guys go, What's kind of unique, I find, and what I really enjoy about iFit is when you guys go to a location, it's not like you guys are just filming like a single workout. Like you have this whole plan in mind and there's a a whole series. Usually it's like it could be four, eight, 12, 16, sometimes even more than that of, of a workout series. And the workouts are kind of designed in a way that 
they make sense from a training perspective. Like there's recovery days, there's more intense days, but they're also planned out by the area so that the training makes sense per that area that you're visiting. So it's like, you're kind of like exploring this whole location. So I, I'm curious about kind of what goes into planning that. Cause it's not just obviously planning workouts, but planning locations around those workouts too. Right. It's it, uh, And that's the thing about these is the logistical part of it is it's like where the master craft comes into play. It's, it's this roadmap that starts on our, on our production side. And then there's credit that mm -hmm. needs to be given everywhere, not just to the trainer the person you see on camera, because it, it starts with producers. It starts with uh, location scouts. Then it starts with programming and all that. And then once we, cause uh, something that we take pride in at IFIT is our progressive series and that's building something <clears throat> to show results. You know, mm -hmm. obviously there's entertainment factors left and right. We love to sprinkle it in, but the main focus is what can we do to get the user to that absolute, absolute end game, that, that final goal and that result. And so yep. we start with that. So we build a program, like you were saying, it could be anywhere from, you know, a couch to a 5k. It could be anywhere from less than that. It could be a mini series, but there's always progressive movements throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, when we figure that part out, so let's say I'll give an example. We went to Vietnam. And we did, yeah. this is the beginning of a 60 workout series, but 30, the first 30 workouts of it, were going to be shot in Vietnam. Mm. And we spend about a week prior scouting every, as many locations as we can in that time mm. um, with our producer, with our camera crew, we figure out the length of everything that we're going to be doing, um, the time. And then obviously you got to deal with weather concerns, but we also add in, in this series, we'll add an incline for power. You know, we like to do that. It's a, a very important, as you know, a very important aspect mm -hmm. of training for anything is strength. And so we got to find incline and then we'll sprinkle that in with like, oh, okay, leisure beach day. That'll be our recovery walk day. But we make mm -hmm. sure that every route has something beautiful to see, to keep your interest. Um, something that people from around the world that don't have the opportunity to, to visit these places get to see. Um, all while focusing on that end game, which obviously is that end result and trying to build up and get yourself to be able to run a 5k for this series. And so we spend almost, almost three weeks to a month filming 30 workouts. Mm -hmm. um, when we start filming, it's, it's a grind. It's everyone from sunup to sundown is just, I like to, um, I like to describe it as I played football my whole life. And so I like to describe mm -hmm. it in college as two a days when two days, when you wake up and you're like, man, here we go again. You yeah. Know, it's, it's the, you're ready for the grind. You know, what's going to happen. Things are going to, you know, may not go as planned, but that that's what makes this team so passionate about what we do because we, we have to figure it out on the, on the fly as well. So watching the production that come together, watching our, all the trainers work well with the camera crew, with everyone mm -hmm. else in the back end, the logistical part of it just makes it this, this tight knit family. And then when the end result comes out, it is like, it's a celebration like no other, because you, you know, you accomplish something that's, that you put a lot of your heart and soul into for sure. I mean, it's, and it's obvious when you take these classes that like there, there's, there's so much that go, must go into it. Like, uh, you're talking about, you know, giving credit to everybody. I think the biggest, whenever I take these classes, I always, I'm always curious about like the camera person behind you. Cause I'm like, they're not, I'm always like keeping that camera level. There's like usually logs and all kinds of like shit in the way. They're, they're yep. dodging stuff. They have to, it, it like, it, it's kind of, uh, I'm always curious about <laughs> who's, who's filming this thing and how, how yeah. they like, they, they, they're all superheroes. It, it's usually like, 
you know, a lot of times scenic content is, you know, edited like maybe a minute here and then you change angles and changing for you guys. And again, why I like it is that you're, you feel like you're on the run or you're on a bike ride. So you're not, there's occasional breakaways so you can see a wider landscape and stuff like that, which is nice. But for the majority of that ride or that workout, you're just following along with a trainer who's kind of chatting with you back and like not back and forth, but chatting with you uh, about like the area and what's going on, what you should be doing. And rarely is there like many breaks or cuts, which is, is impressive. Right. And that, that's, again, there's these camera operators we have. And then behind that, it's almost like sometimes we call it like our lemmings because it's like a line Mm -hmm. of people that are going. And so you have the trainer in front, then you have the camera operator, then you have an audio person behind the camera person to make sure, you know, everything sounds right. Yeah. So there's usually you're running, there's two people running with you. At least two. Sometimes there's four. If it's like a, if it's a shorter (laughs) series or if we have to get somewhere and it's not as far. We'll have another yeah. producer with us. Um, and then we have a drone operator who meets us at the end or in the middle. And we have those moments where we have to stop and capture those mm-hmm. moments that you see on the, the B-roll, the cuts and the edits. Um, yeah. And then we have a photographer. It, it's a whole crew of people. But the camera people are, it, it's hilarious because they they don't they don't want any of the credit, but they are so <laughs> impressive at what they do. And so anytime in the, in the videos, because when you're talking to the camera, Mm-hmm. You try to make it seem like I'm talking to you at home or whoever's going to be with me on that route. So yeah. when I'm talking to the camera, I'm usually just looking in the eyes of the camera operator. And I mm-hmm. like to try to get, you know, if, if there's like an emotion out of them. And so I like to give them credit. Yeah. You can see them blush sometimes or like, you know, I like to, to ask them how you feeling. And I'm looking at them. And if I can tell the camera operator is not like they're not doing well, it's probably because we, you know, they're, they're tired and exhausted and some, and we'll have to take cuts sometimes, but for the most part, mm-hmm. they will, they will bury their feet into the ground and they'll go to work until the job's done. It's, it's really impressive what they do. And yeah, the stabilizer mm-hmm. and the camera and all that. And yeah. we've had, we have plenty of blooper reels for us trainers, but also for them as well. People go down often. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't know how, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's really interesting the stabilization of those rides and runs. Cause for the, most again, most compared to most scenic content out there, it feels like you're kind of on a drone just floating next to, and it feels weird. It doesn't feel natural, like you're you're actually running, or like it just feels like you're floating. Um, but because I, the camera's on that instructor, there is it doesn't seem shaky, but it, it has enough movement where like it's hard to describe, I guess, unless you've taken somebody's taken the the classes. But right, uh, it's definitely appreciated that there's not just. Cause they have those. I mean, you guys have the capability to have a drone just follow you and film you. Totally. totally. But it, I don't think it makes for the optimal kind of experience uh, on a, as a, somebody who's working out to that class. Right. And so. And it definitely gives it that like, real authentic feel as well, because a lot of the times we just, we'll go rogue and we'll like, if we see someone on the side of the road, like I've talked at you know, donut shops and eating some donuts in the middle of a race and, you know, talked and uh-huh. had a conversation with the locals. And it, it, it's like moments like that is what makes mm-hmm. it so organic and, you know, just so interactive. It's really, really um, exceptional in the sense of, you know, it just separates itself from any other content out there. Yeah. And, and you know, being distracted and kind of like the other thing that's kind of impressive that I'm always curious about is like how like do you ever like just eat it when you're talking? Cause so not you necessarily. So the biggest, uh, what's her name? Leah. Um, Rosen. Huh? Leah Rosenthal. Yes. Leah, Leah, Leah Rosenfeld. 
when I take her class, I'm like nervous the whole time because she can't help but like look at the camera and just keep talking while, while she's running. And she's running like in Costa Rica. There's like literally logs and like she's this close to tripping every minute. And she never like I never saw her fall over. And I was I always thought she was going to like just fall down a hill or something. And like you're saying, she, you know, she gets she gets distressed. She sees like a monkey and she's just like looking like. Yeah. She's all over, um, which makes the class super entertaining. But like, like, do you guys ever just like, is there ever time where you, you've been doing it so long? I'm sure. But just eat it when you were doing this. Yeah. And, and that's the that's the part, too. Like if you sometimes if you see like a B-roll cut or like a, a drone shot or a, a picture mm-hmm. of the map where you're located, usually something went wrong yeah. <laughs> or someone ate shit. So it's like, OK, yeah. that something happened there. Um we were in Patagonia and it was, you know, luckily it was a little bit cold. So I had a beanie on and we're doing a faster program, like a progressive series. And I think I looked down, I watched to make sure we had enough, like how much time we had left to this final. And cause we like to end at these big reveals, you know? Yeah. And I think we're like 15 seconds away and we're in the middle of the woods to cut out into this big open, like beautiful lake. And as I'm looking down, I saw some trees in the, like some leaves in the, the foreground. And I, as I look up, it just, I perfectly came up and there's a big branch right behind hit me on top of the head. I got knocked out cold. I woke up on the side of our trail to our cameraman and like, he's like, peel, peel, you all right. And I like, we had to go back and watch the footage for it to even like realize what had happened, but stuff like that does happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it it doesn't happen often. There's so many people are so good and so aware and so careful to it, what we do out there um, that, you know, we, we try to avoid it at all costs, but again, it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. And luckily knock on wood, nothing too serious has come of it <laughs> but you again the logistics the weather especially on the bike that can get a little dicey mm-hmm. sometimes um so yeah there's there's a lot of trainers who have some incredible stories and trips and falls and myself included i got them all the time and yeah it, it's, as long as we can keep the people behind us safe then i think we'll uh <laughs> we're okay being the guinea pigs up front yeah yeah you guys are definitely leading the way keeping them <laughs> protected a little bit um and so I was also curious too. So when you guys do these scenic um, workouts, right? You, there's hills and there's inclines and and all of that. And so with any iFit enabled machine like NordicTrack or Proform, um, the treadmill automatically goes, you know, inclines and declines as well, um, or on the bike, I believe it inclines and declines as well, and, and changes the resistance too. So I was kind of curious about how that part is done. Like if that is, if there's like an automatic thing that it just reads based on like the hill or is that something that you guys kind of add in later during like the, when you're producing it? Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that we do is tracked on Strava um, when we're doing it. So, and that that'll read the inclines that'll read, you know, our speeds that we're going. And then once everything's edited and cut in, we can go back and look at that. And then that's when everything's programmed in, tested on the machine, um, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. so those who don't know about it, it is, it's hands-free the entire workout. You can obviously override if something gets too fast, too steep, or you want to go faster in those senses. But for the most part, everything is, is hands-free. So, yeah, if we're in the mm-hmm. Swiss Alps and I start taking up a mountain, you don't have to touch a thing. The, the incline's going to automatically go up. If I speed you up in an interval, that belt's going to start moving faster. Um, and then, you know, vice versa when we go for recovery. So it's really, really um, – it takes all that guesswork out. So you can really just focus on like, you know, what you're actually doing without having to hit all the buttons and move about, about in those senses. That's mm-hmm. a really powerful tool that we like to utilize and do it for every workout. Um, and again, it's some of these machines go up to 40% incline. So 
it, the last thing you want to do is be sitting there like, you know, you'd be there all day just trying to get that thing up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it comes back down. So yeah, it's, it's really impressive in, in that, that sense. And all that happens on the back end with the programming. Got it. Got it. And um, now I know you guys were recently received like a nomination for uh, at the first, I think, connected fitness company to be nominated for uh, a sports Emmy on the series you guys did with uh, the Trek to Everest, which was, I think an 18 part, you know, series that took you all the way through. I did. Um, I think I took like when I was reviewing, I think the last, the X 22, I, I did like around 12 of them. I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but uh, you know, definitely it's, it's exciting to see some of that hard work be start to be re- like recognized outside of just, you know, the fitness industry uh, and more in the realm of like the actual production that it is. So right. um, I'm sure the whole iFit team has got to be uh, stoked about, about that nomination. So stoked. And it, it's one of those first moments too, where we can really see the credit be giving to, you know, not just us on social media, like, Hey, I did your workout and like that praise because I mean, as glorifying as that is, it's like, thank you, but understand how many other people were involved in this. It was the first time that an entire production, the camera, like everyone is is credited for, you know, the credit that they deserve. And so it was really a huge honor seeing that come out because everything that we film, you know, has so much passion and pride into it. And obviously that being Everest, some of it was live streamed. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool and powerful to see all that come together and, you know, even have that nomination under the belt. Yeah. No, it's great. And, you know, in terms of that, when, when, cause it's nominated, when is it, has the award show happened? I don't think it has happened yet. Right? I don't oh. believe so. I don't believe okay. so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious when that'll, because uh, I, I saw the other nominees and, you know, I think, I don't know the exact category, but I believe it was for like interactive, pla- like interactive experience. And when you look at the other things on the list, it was like, like an NBA show where you could text into or and stuff like that, where it's like, it's not nearly on the same level as you know, me actually following along with an entire workout. So I, I would hope that, uh, I hope you guys definitely win it. Cause it seems yeah. like, it seems like if something else wins, like it doesn't, it wouldn't really make sense based if you're going to judge it on interactivity because, uh, and, and hopefully that category becomes more of just connected fitness by itself, because like, obviously that's going to be one of the most interactive forms of media that, can be produced right i think and especially produced and given to the audience while they're actually working out and training you know yeah that that's that's the beauty of it all and so a lot of these live workouts we do too you can scan qr codes and you know tech we, tr- we try not to you know motivate them to text while they're running <laughs> yeah yeah i tried but, to do that once and i was like i don't know <laughs> this is a safe <laughs> you know, wait wait for a recovery period yep. for that to happen yep. <laughs> but yeah no like you were saying there's, there was huge names, you know, in that mm-hmm. same category, which was again, another honor, but at the same time, I think we're just, you know, hitting the tip of that iceberg to really show the world what, what we can provide and do. And that again, starts with the producers, the camera crew and the trainers all making this thing happen and actually really make it happen and show like the world what we can do with this, this type of interaction. Definitely. Now, now that kind of like, we're kind of on the back end of you know, the pandemic and COVID stuff, it, you guys are opening up what I think you guys are calling iFit experiences. And and what these are, are I could probably pull up the website, but these are basically 
for you know IFIT members who want to plan a, a vacation or a trip to some of the locations that they may have taken a series that you guys have previously developed or done, um, and then visit those locations in person and be able to work out in those locations with some of the instructors, including you, I think you have done maybe one or two of these already. Um, so let me bring on um, Matthew Johnson, um, if he is available to, to talk about it. But um, oh, there we go. Hey, Matt. Hey, Colin. Great to meet you. Hey, John. Hey, Matt. Yeah, so I'm curious to hear more about kind of this uh, experience that you guys are putting on for um, you know IFIT members or anybody who you know wants have wants to have a, a trip finally, um, but you know make it kind of workout or fitness themed. Yeah, so um, earlier this year we launched uh, a series of experiences for IFIT members called IFIT Adventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are kind of unique uh, adventure travel opportunities for IFIT members to join uh, their favorite trainers like John and go to some of the destinations that they've discovered on the IFIT platform and and maybe, you know, felt like they went there uh, while doing Mm -hmm. the workout series. But now they can actually go and have, uh, you know, that kind of very unique experience that uh, the trainers were having uh, in the films. So it was it was a pretty natural and organic extension of. Mm -hmm. Uh, what IFIT was already doing. Um, and especially, I think, you know, you guys were just talking about COVID, like in a sort of post-COVID world where everybody's been locked down for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, like everyone wants to get out. Everyone wants to have travel experiences again. And this was a really exciting time for us to kind of introduce something like this to the IFIT community. Yeah. And I want to talk more about that too, but I think what's kind of interesting what you guys are doing is it feels like, and this was before, you know, this COVID stuff happened, but it feels like it's definitely geared with iFit workouts and programs. You guys definitely gearing people up to say like, you're not just trying to get people fit for their homes, but fit to do things like, it seems like it's encouraged to go out and use this fitness you're developing outside. Uh, It seems like, you know, races are encouraged. And I know you guys recently, like last year acquired uh two is a two nine zero it's some crazy like adventure uh, i think john ran it as like to show what it was about but were you can you talk about what that is or what yeah i've actually got a uniquely uh position to talk about okay. that i, I kind of came over with that team i'm, I'm a part oh. of the 2029 team got and it. i think you know as a part of our team joining the ifit uh staff they mm-hmm. we had a lot of interesting creative ideas of other in real life experiences that we could develop and and deliver to people. And iFit Adventures was one of those. We've also done a bunch of interesting iFit retreats, which John has hosted at a place down in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, we're launching another thing called Summit Push, which is sort of an interesting endurance hiking event. But yeah, 29 out of 29, to come back to that, is yeah. uh, I would say the world's premier endurance hiking event. It's uh, an opportunity for people to try to climb the vertical foot equivalent of hiking Mount Everest from sea level, which is mm-hmm. 29,029 feet in a yeah. 36 hour window at a ski resort. We rent out the ski resort. People hike up the mountain. They take a gondola back down and then just repeat as many times as would be needed to, to reach the vertical foot mm-hmm. equivalent of hiking up to Mount Everest, uh, to the, the, the peak of Mount Everest from sea level. So, um, yeah, you know, a, as you were saying, I, I think, <sighs> I think that there are a lot of fitness brands that do a lot uh, with, you know, very sort of like specialized equipment 
Oftentimes it's in a studio environment and it can be great stuff, but ultimately it's hard. It's not sustainable. It's hard to kind of stick with something uh, that doesn't fit into the real world for too long. And that's why I think you see a lot of fads in fashion. Things kind of become popular, then they go away. And I think where I fit uh, is doing really great work is in trying to sort of integrate fitness into the real world and into everyday life in a more varied way through different modalities of equipment, through different environments in which you can work out. And a lot of that is just taking people out there into the real world and introducing them uh, to all these different cool spots around the globe both digitally through the the video content, but also now uh, in real life, if that's something that people are looking for. Yeah, no, I think another another good, good example of that is I, I believe you guys were sponsoring some of the big uh, marathons now, like Boston and uh, London, and and so filming and giving people the experience to you know try those marathons, whether they wanted to run it full. And the other thing I kind of like is that you can break those marathons up. So if somebody or most people maybe shouldn't run a marathon, you know, right away without good prep, but they can kind of still get, they can see like how it is by taking pieces of that marathon bit by bit by bit, and then maybe kind of preparing themselves for the real thing. So I think it's just another kind of good example of, uh, you know, taking something that somebody may strive for out of their home and kind of allowing them in their home to kind of build up to that. Um, so in terms of, uh, the experiences, what kind of locations do you guys have set up maybe this year for that? Yeah, so this year uh, we're taking uh, groups to Zion and Bryce, to okay. Costa Rica, to Iceland, to the, John is taking a group to the French Alps, uh, nice. Kilimanjaro. Um, yeah, it's it's a really exciting roster of different locations, all of them led by, uh, I think, fairly well-known iFit trainers. More often than not, people who have actually filmed series in these locations. So they're going yeah. back to a place that they already know well. They have some unique bespoke knowledge of the area. Uh, you know, oftentimes like very, very unique experiences that people couldn't get through any other sort of travel uh, company. And so, yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. I, I think the, the, the iFit member audience has responded really positively to it. I think people are psyched about, um, you know, these things being introduced. Yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely a good, especially because people don't know what to do right now. <laughs> they're, they're able to finally maybe travel and they're, they've been again, stuck at home and they've been checking out these locations. So you know, I think it, it gives them a, a good opportunity. Now, when you go to these experiences, are they, are there workouts or is it more kind of relaxed or just kind of like visiting with like maybe, maybe optional set? Like, how does that kind of work? Each one is a bit different. I think that it's, you know, it's a collaboration between our sort of on the ground operational partners that are delivering this, you know, it's a very bespoke uh, luxury travel experience that we're taking okay. people on. But then our trainers are there as the sort of I, I fit represent representatives and leaders. So, you know, John, I know that you've talked with folks and you're trying to sort of schedule some programming around, well, we're going to be doing these kind of workouts. Maybe there's going to be some rest and recovery stuff. And it really is, I, I think, location dependent. Certain mm -hmm. locations lend themselves to hiking. Other locations lend themselves to, you know, more relaxing activities, swimming, running, you know, whatever on the beach. So, um, and, you know, and some of them are kind of point to point uh, adventures. So take Kilimanjaro, like hiking mm -hmm. up Kilimanjaro, it's, pretty straightforward what you're going to yeah. be doing um you're going to hike up Kilimanjaro yeah so um 
Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's some variety in the mix to hopefully appeal to different types of people with different interests. Definitely. Um, Awesome. And so in terms of uh, new workout series, new stuff going on, is there anything that you guys can share with us that's maybe coming up or that is, is coming soon? I know what was there's a few things that recently came. I think something came out with you, John, recently was a, a recent series. We, did a, for... a whole, we just had a, a, one of our Hawaii biking series come out on Oahu. Okay. Yeah. So that was our most recent one from, from myself um, mm-hmm. of any content. But yeah, there's some good things in the pipeline and some good things coming out. Uh, some some of the ones we like to keep a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there there is there is a handful of stuff that they just announced coming out, um, which I think will be absolutely incredible too. And I mean, it, it's like you know that's the I think that's the thing that separates this. It's more again about people looking forward to what's the next location I'm going to be at. Um, you know, as to what's the next you know studio workout or this and that. So you get to go and travel through again through the, this platform and i think that's what people get most excited about and it is kind of like a little bit of a movie trailer teaser for people to see what's happening what's coming and when it drops and just hear mm. the explosion of the community talking about it so it is fun too to have that element of surprise behind them too definitely well awesome you guys uh, i want to thank you so much for joining me here today on the weekly watt uh, is there anything else you guys want want to share or anything else you want to talk about in regards to ifit or like the development of your programs or workouts or anything? I mean, for the most part, I think we covered uh, the behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. We talked about the blooper reels and uh, obviously the, the adventures. Matt, I don't, I'm not sure if you have anything else. Yeah, I just, uh, if you're interested in learning more, check out uh, it's adventures at ifit. or dot ifit.com and 2929everesting.com. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there if people are interested in learning more about these you know, sort of really exciting in real life experiences that we're, that we're delivering. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And, uh, looking forward to talking to you guys again in the future and, uh, jumping into some of those, those series, but, uh, all right. Well, thanks again. Uh, that's it for the weekly Watt, and we'll see you next week.